on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank road. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed. Close, close, close. All right, guys, welcome back to part two. I want to give a tactical tip. Yeah. So when I, you know, join these networking groups and stuff early on, like that gym owner group, things mm -hmm. like that, um, this is how you can employ that, like in the real world. What I did was I reached out to every single person that was in the network. And what I did was I pretended they were a client of mine. And I had certain skills. Like for me at the time when I was starting out, the only thing I knew how to do was write sales scripts, build sales processes. So I offered every single person to go review all of their sales scripts, review their sales processes. And I did it like it was an actual project that I got paid for. Mm -hmm. And so I'd hop on the phone and I would have pages of notes, how I'd rewrite everything. And they were like, whoa, dude, like I thought you were just gonna give me a couple of Like, dude, this, what you want them to say is this is too much. Mm -hmm. Dude, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is you stack something, you get an IOU, which is incredibly valuable. And it's one-sided. Like you now gave them something and that can come in handy later down the road. And for me, those are the things that I cashed in when I didn't know how to run Facebook ads, mm -hmm. right? Like I learned something from that guy, but later on I needed a, a way deeper understanding mm -hmm. than the one weekend workshop that yeah, I yeah. did. And I hopped on with a, a, a person and I had hopped on with plenty of others who have never given me anything back, comma, and that's okay. Because when I did need something, I did have somebody in my phone book where I was like, oh, I did that thing. I wonder if I could hit, I wonder if they'd help me out with this yeah. thing. And so what happens is you basically plug into everyone else's network and skills by giving first. Now, some of them aren't going to return the favor, but you're net positive on everything. Because if they don't return the favor, one, that's fine. Two, they're not going to have anything bad to say about you. Now, obviously there's pieces of shit for sure. No, no, but no. Like, but in, 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 it is okay. Yeah. It is okay if they never give back. Right. Like, like because dude, keep going. I don't, yeah. sorry, I interrupt. No, I know you, where you're yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like most entrepreneurs, we say we want to make an impact and help people. It's like, well, that's what that looks like. If you give something to someone and they don't give anything back, then it means you just gave to someone. That's it. Great. Yeah. But congratulations. And if you talk about personal brand, wouldn't that be the brand that you'd want to build anyways? Yes. And so I got into this other networking group and they invented an award for me, uh, which was the uh, member of the year. They never did it, but they were like, dude, we just want everyone to do what you did, which is like I hopped on to every single person and I took every single call and I treat it. And this is the big point here is that, like, you don't go on and show up at the call and then start thinking about their problem. You do homework before the call. Like, it's amazing. Bro, how you just much tweeted this. Yeah. You just tweeted this yesterday. Yeah. It was, uh, it, w it was, you could become incredibly, you're, you become infinitely more smart by just 20 minutes pre preparation before the call or something like that. Yes. It's the truth. You'd be amazed how much. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly Isn't that. Isn't that what like, you said? Something yeah, like that? It's exactly yeah. that. Like how much more intelligent you can seem with 20 minutes of prep. Yeah, dude. That was gold. That's dude. it. Yeah. Because you've been, because you've done yeah. it, right? I had a call with somebody and like a lot of you guys probably ask Andy and I get this question all the time. They're like, how do I network with people who are above me? Yes. Right. It's a hard question. So number one is you don't ask them what value can I provide you? Because now you're asking me to do homework to figure out what you can do for me. That's me doing work, which I can just keep living my life. What you do is you do the hard work of figuring out what can you provide to me that you have? And then instead of offering it, you do it and then give it to me. And I'm not telling you to do that for me. I'm telling you this is how I did it. This is how it works. Yeah. yeah. And so if you have someone who's ahead of you, do whatever your niche skill. If you're a fucking carpenter, then build the most amazing table of all time and send it to somebody. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to get it and be like, this is too much. I can't believe somebody did this. And then hey. what happens? <laughs> hey, sound familiar? It does, doesn't it? That's how he's here. Oh. <laughs> You're explaining how he got here.
that's the game, yeah. right? Like half the editors I have, they're like, hey, I, I went through all of your old clips that are on YouTube. I clipped 20 of these short reels. This is what I did. And they sent them all to my, you know, my creative director. And he was like, oh, this kid's good. Now, mind you, if you're not good, that's also good feedback. And I will tell you this, that guy and most people would give you at least the time to tell you what you could do better because anyone will help someone who starts helping themselves. Anyone will help someone who takes initiative. And if you over deliver, and I'll tell you this, because when we're talking about that little room, that private room, the players recognize one another. And so like when I see the young guys coming up, the guys with the blue check mark and the Rolex and the like, this isn't, I'm not, not yet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> posing in front of the Lambo they rented for the day, right? Yeah. Or whatever. I stopped doing that a few years ago. And by the way, they were never rented. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like those people only impress people who don't know what players look like. Yeah. Like we all know that that guy is not a player mm -hmm. because the guys who are players at their age and 20s and they're in their maybe 30s, whatever, like right at that stage, like they're hungry, they're, they're savages and they're in the grind. And they're doing the work of giving first to as many people as they can, over delivering, knowing that that goodwill will compound. And like, it's just like that, that single skill has served me so well because that's how I've been able to get into rooms that I didn't deserve to be in was by just saying like, okay, what am I good at that I can help this guy out with? Well, there's, you've broken it down uh, masterfully, by the way, uh, to make it practical. But I also do believe that there's an energy aspect to this, dude. I believe... Cause like I, I live like that real talk. I live, I live that way. I know you live that way too. Some of the things I can't explain though, like some of the good shit that's come back to me. I'm just like, this has to be for me consistently just doing this. And this is the word of mouth thing that I think is like wild. Like I, I, I continue to be inspired by how much word of mouth actually matters. Like mm -hmm. it just every year, I feel like it sets a new record in my mind for how important it is because people right now, like I see this all the time. People are like, it's all about <clears throat> influencers and whatever, like, and sure, like the tactics of ads and all this stuff, like that's great. But the only thing that is still viral is word of mouth. Like everything else is linear in terms of the relationship. Like if you spend a dollar in ads, you get X back. If you do a cold reach out, you get X back. If you do a hundred, you triple it, you a thousand it, it's a thousand to a thousand. Like whatever that relationship is, that ratio, it's fixed. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth is the only one that is exponential in nature. One tells two, two tells four, four tells eight. And so if you want to have an enduring business, you have to have the monster of word of mouth working for you rather than against you, who's building your reputation rather than eating it from underneath of your feet. And I think that like that stuff that you were talking about earlier, where you're like, you're doing this goodwill and it's coming back to me. I just see that as like the invisible hand of the word of mouth that just like, I mean, you've had it happen a hundred yeah. times, I'm sure, which is like, you go and you meet somebody like, dude, my buddy saw you at an airport and you like, stopped and answered his questions and whatever. Yeah. And, and mind you, to be fair, if I'm like somewhere and I can't, it's the thing that bothers me the absolute most, but sometimes I have to be placed. Me too, that, bro. Yeah, I hate me. it. I yeah. hate it. So I feel like I'm just, I'm like, I, I do I too. I, I feel like, going. like, dude, I, one time, and actually I became really good friends with this guy because of that exact scenario, dude. I had a guy, his name was Roman. I'm still friends with him. Good fucking dude. Came up to me at a speaking event and I was like, I, he's like, hey man, you got time? And I didn't. And yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. And, uh, and dude, he was like, he had been going through all this crazy, like really yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, dude, it was bothering me like yeah. fucking bad, dude. Like, yeah. I, like I thought the whole time I was speaking the whole time afterwards, I'm like, fuck, I gotta find that dude. Cause yeah. I got time now. Yeah. And weirdly enough, uh, I was at another event and I fucking ran into the guy and I was able to apologize and say, yeah. Hey dude, I'm like, and he was like, you know what, dude? 
I actually that really like, really made me mad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro, I I get it. I I yeah. felt bad about it. Yeah, you know, but that shit bothers me too, brother. And I think that for the audience, I think the the bigger take, like, sure, the tactics that we're sharing right now are, are like useful, but I think the biggest thing is like the perspective of there was that person that bothered Andy enough that it kept kept him up at night. And I think that if you if you can develop whatever that is, where it's a splinter. Because it's those thousand splinters that become the bundle that becomes very a very strong stick that you can wield or it's wielded against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me, like I think about the products we built, right? In the same way, where the only way to build an enduring company is either to 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 sell stuff that people never stop buying from you, or to build a company where people never stop selling for you. Those are the only two ways to build an enduring business that just continues to thrive over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of these guys who is and like I get the get because I actually came from the direct response world of like understanding how the arbitrage of like ads and that's all where I started media. too, bro. That's where I started when I was eighteen, right? Because you think I was writing, fu- right? I yeah. was writing fucking classified ads for a credit booklet that I wrote, credit <laughs> repair booklet. Yeah, I was writing classified ads to put in fucking newspapers. Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't have the internet. <laughs> you know, I'm a little older. <laughs> um, but the. Uh, but what happens is as you scale, you're because I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of higher level business, but hopefully you guys will ride with me. Yeah, they'll get it. So as you scale advertising spend, you go to colder and colder audiences, meaning there's people who have less trust and they're honestly less of a fit than the warmest. Like if I, if I was like, I'm going to only market to vegan powerlifting women who are moms over whatever, and I had a, par- a product that was just for them, I'm probably going to do okay. But if I'm going to market to the nation, there's just a less of a fit with my product. And so what happens is your cost to acquire a customer goes up because ad costs will only go one way for the rest of time. They will go up. And your conversion on future audiences that are colder will only go one way, which is down. So how do you combat two things that are inevitably going against you? You have to have one thing that is nonlinear in nature that fights that fight, which is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Because that when that one customer comes in and tells five people, it allows you to continue to scale because you have decreased cost of acquisition. I'm getting a little bit like no, no, you know, keep business going. stuff yeah. here. But like, it's the only way that it gets big. If what you want, if you want to grow something big, then having the strong word of mouth base, which is why like you can get into transactional sales stuff. Sure. If you know how to market, you know how to sell, you can become a millionaire. Like you can absolutely do it. You can probably become a decamillionaire um, just by like learning how to sell shit. And I'm using shit in the true poop word. Yeah, like, like terrible, widgets. yeah, terrible right. stuff that doesn't, right. doesn't matter. Right. But if you want to achieve a certain level of scale, my recommendation is to continue to do the thing at a scale way below your friends until you figure out a way to get everybody who buys stuff from you to tell a friend. Like if this is a mental um, exercise, I like putting people like our, our portfolio CEOs through. I said, okay, the marketing gods have decided that you are no longer allowed to market anything. And they eliminate all of your customers except for one. And every single customer from this point going forward has to come from that one customer. How do you treat that customer? And what happens is you start thinking like, well, shit, I would do this differently. I would do this differently. It's like, well, then do that stuff. And then what you'll see is that the result you get from the remaining, the remaining efforts of your advertising will compound rather than continue to go linearly in the wrong direction. They compound in the right direction. And so like, this has been something that's taken me too long to learn. And I'm trying to like ram this right now because I... Because the biggest mistake that I made with Prestige Labs, which is my supplement company, I'm glad we wrapped around, um, was that I treated the supplement business purely transactionally. I did everything that I'm telling you that I not to do. I did it. That's why I'm telling you that it didn't work. <laughs> is that? It and by was, the way, that's the norm for the supplement industry. Right. 100%. So it's not like you were doing something abnormal. That's the norm. 
it, yeah. it, it, another normal example of yeah. like, hey, if everyone else is doing it, it's probably not the best idea. But anyways, um, and so I, I basically built the whole brand off of transactional sales and teaching how to hardcore close because that was a skill I had. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hit it with my sales hammer because like, yeah. everything looks like a sales hammer when you're good at sales. And so I taught all the scripts, all the processes, how to set up the lobbies, how to, like, how to get Assume closes in, how to get people on subscriptions, all that stuff, right? But the thing is, is that I, like, it actually happened with First Form, so this is a plug for you. A close friend of mine um, was a First Form athlete, right? And uh, I was like, dude, sell Prestige Labs. It wasn't because I was, you know. No, I get it. It's like, it's we didn't even know each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, sell my stuff. And, 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 uh, and the commission that I was paying was significantly higher. And I was like, and I'll give you the special homie. To, like, I just like, yeah. come on. I, like, we're going to dinner. Let's be on the same team. You know yep, what I mean? Yep, All the time. Yep. And the thing is, is that he continued to he and haw. And to this day, he still sells first form. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't get it. Because I knew, because I did have this really super doctor, like make all the products mm -hmm. and like make them accept. Like that part I felt very strong about. And I knew my commissions were higher. Mm -hmm. So I was like, the products are very good and the, you get paid more. And I just like, I couldn't compute, which meant that I had a distortion of reality. I saw the world in a way that it wasn't. And that hurt my business. And so when you're taking these lenses off and like, and he's squeegeeing your eyeballs, right? Yeah. So you can see things more clearly. The thing that I missed was actually the soft stuff. It was the brand stuff. I actually, my, my creative director sent me a podcast, my eighth podcast of all time. I'll tell you the title. Stop branding. Because I felt so confident about the fact that I was like, you don't need a brand. I was like, you need to run ads. You need to do cold and cold call yeah. or cold outreach. Yeah, like, see, you're the you, guy I'm yeah. talking to. Yeah. You're the dude I'm talking to <laughs> saying, hey, use those skills to build a brand. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I didn't get it. And the like, and what's happened is it's like brick by brick, my belief in this first was like, okay, brand and the direct response stuff and no knowing the hand-to-hand -hand are equally important. But the longer I've been doing this, and you've been doing it longer than me, the more I'm just like, it's just brand over everything. Because mm -hmm. if the brand's right, everything else follows. Mm -hmm. And the reason that he didn't come over to quote my team was because like I had no brand or I had a negative brand, whatever you want to say. It, but like, I didn't have a brand that was the strongest for He didn't want to associate his brand with my brand. Got it. And that was the thing that I, that I, I just missed. I didn't get it. Yeah. And so as soon as I learned that lesson and it took me selling the companies and doing all this stuff to like really reflect like, what could I have done better? Like, that's why we built acquisition.com. And I was like, I've, so if you think about getting customers, right, there's like eight ways you can do it. You can, you can reach out to your friends and family individually. You can reach out to strangers individually. You can post content or you can run paid ads. Those are the four things that one person can do. Leveraging other people, you can get referrals. So you get customers to tell people. You get affiliates. So you get other people who have businesses to refer their customers to you. You can hire agencies to go get your customers. Or you can hire employees to do the first four. Mm -hmm. Right? Those are the only ways that like, you can get new, new customers. And I had built a business off of every one of them except for off of content. And so I was like, with acquisition.com, I'm going to build it off context. I don't know how to do it. So I'm mm -hmm. going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it was only through building content that I understand that it was all about brand. Yeah. And what's weird is that when you do start building a brand or a personal brand, you realize if you do, in my opinion, if you do it the quote right way, which is just give and you give and you give and you give and then you take a breath and you give and you give and you give and you give and you're like, wait, should I? Nope. You keep giving, you keep giving. And there's a, there's a popular saying uh, that Gary has, which is like uh, give, give, give. Sorry, no. He says- uh, Jab, 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 right hook. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Jab, 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 right hook, right? I think that that's actually the perfect ratio for a mature platform. So if you actually look at television, the uh, add to uh, give ratio, which is the content, the, the actual shows, is 47 minutes to 13 minutes. 
it's jab, 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 it's right hook. Three quarters, if you yeah. look at Facebook, which is a mature platform, it's three news, news feed, uh, like from your friends and family or whatever, and then an ad. So that is the ratio for when you're maintaining your current level. But if you look at the platforms that are trying to grow, what is TikTok? Or when they were growing, what, they didn't have any ads. They just, it was all content. It was all give. Right. And so the, the nuance, at least how I understand it for that strategy, if you're trying to build a brand, is give, give, give until they ask, which means that you just keep giving. And if yeah. no one's asking you, just keep fucking giving. Yeah. And in my opinion- Bro, that's my whole strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a person. All the players. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we're like, so there's, I, you've seen these ads in the direct response where they're like, the, the secret, the 1% don't want you to know. It's horseshit. There is no secret. But there are things that the 99% refuse to believe. Yeah, dude. Dude. Big facts on that. <laughs> that's fucking gold. And so like, and, and, and I, I say this stuff because it, because it, I went like you, I felt so much pain for such a long time because I just didn't understand the way the world worked, especially as it related to business. Yeah. And so like, if you can build the brand when you actually do it, as I've now you know, been doing it, like you realize that you were wrong before. Like I can just tell you yeah. clear as day, you know that this is the right way to do it. And it's slower and you eat shit for a year or two years or three years of you building it. And what you're doing is you're finding your voice, you're figuring out your values and you're learning how to actually deal. Because if every person who comes to you only came from just consuming value from you ahead of time, the type of the customer is different, how bought in they are, they share your values. And so it actually builds this base that becomes a pillar that you just keep, that just keeps expanding on That's your right. behalf. And it becomes kind of like, it's so little, it's too little for you to notice until it becomes too big for you to ignore, right? Like that's how compounding works. If you start, you know, you invest in the S&P 500, $100 every month, it becomes tiny. And then all of a sudden it becomes unstoppable. You know, what's crazy, dude, is, you know, I, I don't run ads on this show, not even yeah. for my own shit, yeah. you know? And when we poll people as to why they come buy our products, yeah. it's one of the highest fucking polling things. You know what I'm saying? They listen to the show. Yep. I don't ever talk about first form. I don't ever talk about any of the other things I do except in passing, but I give my shit away for free. Yeah. Like, like it's like, you, it's, dude, you and I share that opinion. Give your best shit away for free. I fucking do it. You know give what I mean? Give away the secrets. Yeah. Just give away all the secrets. So like my- There's more tactical stuff that I can't really talk. Like, yeah. like, like when you start saying like, dude, this is higher level. Yeah. You know, there's level, level, level. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm not going to have podcasts about that or I'm talking to this many people. Yeah. But, uh, Dude, that's how I live, man. Yeah. It really is. People are like, why don't you, why don't you take ads? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Because like, dude, that's like, I know that if I come on and and share with you guys and help you guys, you yeah. guys help me back. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's a, it's, it's a not, it's human nature. There's actually yeah. science behind it. Yeah, it's I'm sure you know it too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things that was a big belief breaker for me was um, I was actually really against making content for a long time. And mm -hmm. it was because I actually saw the content as uh temporary and i'm mm -hmm. big on like long-term stuff mm -hmm. and so i was like why would i make a short video that's going to disappear in the newsfeed and never get seen again like it just felt like a complete waste of time but what i realized was that the media is not the compounding asset the audience is the compounding asset mm -hmm. and so you feed the content to the thing that compounds over the long run and that was like it sounds so stupid that like or so simple whatever painfully obvious i didn't get it so that was why for years I never made it because I was like, why would I make content? Because it's going to disappear. Mm -hmm. It's like, but the audience doesn't. And they're the people who tell two people or four people, et cetera. And then that becomes the base. And like, I'm, I'm sharing this right now because like it took me too long to figure it out. Dude, I, I, I think it's everything. And, and I talk to a lot of business owners too uh, who have an existing business, right? They have, see, here, here, here's the thing. 
this is what I'm, I'm thankful for in my own journey is that I did start before the internet was around. I did start before social media was even a thing. And that lesson that you talked about where you say, okay, you only have one person. That was literally how I did it. Like, and, and I'm not exaggerating. That was literally like the first day of fucking business. I saw one person. Second day, I saw zero. Third day, I saw another person. That person bought $23. Took me eight fucking months to have a day of $200. Uh, recently had a buddy who started his own business. He did $1,000 his first day. And he's like, is that good? I'm like, bro, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, um, but did, before the internet, that was the real thing. That was the really how you did it. Like, that's how you do it. And so I try to communicate consistently and have over the, you know, the greater, you know, uh, scale or course of my content over the years to make people understand that concept and that how, how amazing our opportunity is now with technology. If you can grasp that concept and you can translate it to, to this, yeah. dude. You're fucking on it. And like these people, they get, they, they get so greedy with the idea of I can gain a hundred customers or 500 customers or a thousand customers off a post or a sale or this or that motherfucker. You're missing the boat. You only need one and you should pour everything into that one as if it's the only one. And if you do that across the spectrum of your entire, now you have a machine that is compounding excellent story about you, a legend, word of mouth, however the fuck you want to call it, that's going to grow your business. And dude, so many of these people that have these smaller businesses, they're like, fuck, that sounds like a lot of work, bro. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, you, you're seeing, you're, you, you see 50 people a day. Do you know what you can do with 50 people a day if you actually pour into them? Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane. And I've lived it, so I know. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember, like, I went from one customer to zero customers. And dude, uh, 10 years into our business, we still had days where we would have stores that wouldn't see anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but once we figured this out, like truly figured this out, everything fucking changed. Everything. We went in the worst economy up until 2020 yeah. that had ever existed between 2008, yeah. 2012. And um, it's all on the simple concept of what we're talking about, dude. It's, it's giving first. Yeah. It's, creating experience for people that is worth sharing, um, you know, unloading value over value over value over value to the point where they feel obligated to use yeah. you, yeah. right? Um, which is what you're saying when they ask, right? Yeah. Like when they say, dude, you, like when you were- what can I, How can I support you? Yeah, dude. Right? Hey, run my card for five grand. Yeah. Like that's, that, dude, I have so many people that hit me up and I appreciate the fuck out of all you guys. They're like, what can I do? What can I yeah. do? Just support my shit. Yeah. Like, that's all I ask. Like, if, you, if, you, if you're going to get in shape, use our shit. Yeah. If you're going to, you know, uh, whatever, whatever business, you yeah. know, like just support the people that give. And um, I think it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's very, once you figure that out and it clicks, yeah. it's real simple. And it actually yeah. gets fun too, because yeah. it's fun. Feels good. Yeah. One, dude, it, it feels fucking great. One of my favorite things about business is not the big business. It's not the money, dude. It's not like once you start, once you have enough money, it's like there's a, there's a, there's diminishing returns to have yeah. more. For me, that was when I could go to a restaurant and not look at the bill. Dude, okay. See, I would order appetizers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. You being serious? A hundred percent. Bro, this, this moment, my, I explained this on the show. So you guys that listen, you know, this is true. Cause I said this a hundred times. 
my 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 point to where it became diminishing returns like people think it's like my car collection right because yeah. i'm a huge car guy i have a great collection um that's just my hot wheels bro like that's just me yeah. as a kid living out my you know little hot kid. wheels yeah, yeah it's cool <laughs> i fucking like it and if you don't get it that's fine you don't get it some of my best friends in the world it's great for networking you meet some of these people that you would never meet otherwise there's lots of pluses very little minuses it's cool as fuck to roll up in some badass shit all right um but the point is, is that when you start to uh, like consider how much joy you get back for making more money, for me, dude, it was very simple. It was being able to go to dinner with whether it just be me and you or whether it be this whole room or whether it be this whole company. It didn't fucking matter. We go to dinner. You can order whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And I don't have to look at the bill to pay it. That's after that. Like to me, it made no difference. Like it doesn't. As long as I can do that. Dude, it, yeah. it was, it, that, after that, it was diminishing returns. I yeah. mean, did it make a difference? Yeah, it fucking makes a difference. Like, I can fly private and shit like that. That's cool. That's like mm -hmm. a time machine. I know you yeah. enjoy that too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and there's something to be said for that. Like, dude, I could stand in my living room and two hours later be in Manhattan. Yeah. You can't fucking do that without the means to do it. Like, yeah. it's, it's an incredible thing. You've experienced it quite a bit, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> not bad. It's yeah. pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Commercials tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, it's uh, it is tough, yeah. bro. Because this, it, the disparity between the two uh, is, it's yeah, it's worth it's worth the effort. Get there. Yeah. The That's reason it's priced that way is because it's worth it. Um, but dude, the, it's yeah, no shit, dude. The funny thing is, is like, it, it's after that, man. It becomes more like, what do you really enjoy doing? You know what I mean, like then it becomes a little bit more about the passion part of it. Like when you, when you have the means, then you can be a little bit more luxurious with your decision-making about passions. Yeah. Mm. And you get some cushion on mistakes. Yeah, for sure. I want to hard close the audience on something. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about, you know, giving, making sure that the product is exceptional. Like, because we... So Dude, those are, those are fucking, that's, those are automatics. You have to do that. Yeah. Like everything we're saying here, guys, <laughs> like there's certain prerequisites that have to be met. Like your product has to be fucking good. It has to be what you say it is. It has to wow people. When they open up this motherfucking first form energy can, which I'm not about to do an ad for, but if I was, <laughs> it would probably look something like this. Right, right, right. All right. But the point is when they pop that shit open yeah. and they drink it, it has to be fucking good. If it's shit, you're, it doesn't matter how nice you are. And I'm going to sell you on why it's probably not because some people are like, well, yeah, my thing is that good. If it were that good. They'd be talking about it then you, you wouldn't have an issue getting customers. Yeah. That's my point. Because like, I used to, I used to not, like I used to hear these speeches and these talks people way mm -hmm. ahead of me. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. My stuff's good. My stuff's great. I just need more customers, right? It was always the, the, the thought process. But like every guy who's ex like the best lawyers, they don't need to market. In fact, they have a waiting list and it's impossible to get in there. Best investment advisors, they have a waiting list. It's impossible to get into them. Like if you're very, very, very good, you don't have a lack of customers. Charlie Munger said, the next customers is on your desk. It's the work in front of you. And so like, Man. I love that because it's like, yeah. that's where the next customer is. He's like, it's doing the work that's in front of you and they will always come. But the hard close that I wanted to have on this with, uh, with product is if you actually, so we look at buying businesses, that's what we do, right? And so we have to analyze the value of a business all the time. And so you want something that compounds, all right? Because if you're trying to create wealth, every com everything comes down to inputs to outputs, which is what do you put into a system and how much do you get out? And so the wealthier you get, you put less in and you get more out. And the one thing that all of us have is time. And so it's really like, how much more do you get back for your time? And so if you, if you have to sell, let's say 50 customers every single month, then 
as soon as you're selling that many customers, now if you have a super transactional relationship, right? If you do the same amount of marketing and every month you sell 50, it means that tomorrow or next month, the day you stop marketing, your company dies. That is not a very valuable business. No. And so if, if you sell 50 and then next month you sell 50 with the same marketing effort, but the other 50 come back, you now have 100. If you sell the same, and the thing is, is that the marketing effort can be linear in nature, meaning you do the same level of marketing, but every month you get more and more customers because you treated the first ones right. If you aren't growing and you're doing the same level of marketing, it means the product's not good enough. I'm trying to sell you on this because like I nodded along with so many times I'd listen to these things. and I'd be like, no, my product's good enough. The reality is that you're just not as good as you think you are. The market tells you. Yeah. The market tells you. It's what you said a minute ago. Uh, 99% of people, what'd you say? They won't believe, they've choose not to believe yeah. it. Yeah. The market fucking tells you, dude. Yeah. And, and if you... If you do have a business and you do have customers right now and you have the, 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 the fucking blessing of having people that are interested in your mediocre company right now, you should fucking understand that the way to really compound that is to improve your product and then improve the fucking story that they're going to yeah. tell about you mm -hmm. by overwhelming them with goodwill and, and positive resources around what it is that they're trying to solve. I got criticized by a... I'll, I'll just leave the nameless. I got criticized yeah. because I spent uh, 3,500 hours with my editor in total. His hours first plus my hours for the book that um, that's that's coming out. Yeah. And they're like, what's the name of it? $100 million leads right, coming cool. out in a few months. What? All right. Um, it's 99 cents. So <laughs> there's yeah. my there's my get rich quick plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I saw this with the first book because I spent a year writing that one too. And it was just me. And it made no sense. This is like, I had Jim Launch, I had Prestige Labs, I had Alan, we had the you know deals on the line. Like, I didn't, believe me, you don't make money on books. So I just throw it out there. Yeah. But what happened was, you can spend a year writing an exceptional book. And I'm talking like six hours every day is the first six hours of my day when I'm freshest, et cetera, reworking only 160 pages, which is the first book, right? And my launch for the book was a post when I had 10,000 followers, which is not a lot of followers. I just was like, hey, I wrote this book. Layla told me I should post it because I was actually going to make it an internal like document. Like mm -hmm. this is how we think about making offers for all the, the, the companies. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, like publish it. And I was like, fine. So I published it. And from that day on, we have no ads. We have no anything to like promote the book specifically. And it sells more each next month than it did the month before. Every month. And it's now been 20 months, I think, since $100 million offers came out. And now it sells 25 to 28,000 copies every month. Word of mouth. Sounds like a book I wrote called <laughs> 75 Hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exactly that. And so you can if it either, actually fucking helps people, guess what? They're going to buy it. And so you can either spend a <laughs> year or two years building an exceptional product, service, experience, software, whatever you want to thing, right? And then let your customers market it for the rest of your life. Or you can spend a month building a mediocre product or service and then spend the rest of your life trying to get people to buy it. Dude, I did this shit. Like before, for, yeah. like people don't understand. Before First Form, there was other shit I sold, <laughs> right? Yeah. It just wasn't good. Yeah. It just wasn't good. It, it, it you know, people weren't going to buy it twice, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a big mistake most people make. And it's the inputs to outputs because- Everyone sees the year for the book that you wrote, yeah. right? They see the year. They see yeah. all the time you put into 75 hard, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. 
But if you think about how long life is, Mm -hmm. if the rest of time people are spreading that, the input to output of how much work it takes to spread the message and wider than you'd ever be able to do it if it was just you on your own, you get the highest leverage from thinking about it from that perspective. If you spent a month on it and it was mediocre, you would have to pump it on every single podcast and it still wouldn't sell as many copies as it does. And you'd have to do it until you died. Yeah. And so like, if you're thinking about having high leverage or high return on your time, it makes more sense to spend more time making the thing you have actually exceptional, keep doing it until people keep coming back and then the scale will happen. But like, it's an input, it's a, like, it's a math equation. How much of this do you, because like, I have my opinion on this, but like, how much of this do you feel like, uh, struggling businesses, like, like this one idea that we're talking about right here, to me, in my personal opinion, bro, this would fix 97%. I'm making this up. Yeah. But the vast, vast, vast up, upper 95% of businesses could be fixed by just this thing we're talking about. In the converse of that, how many businesses that have exceptional, pro- the only thing that would drown a business that has an exceptional product is they'd be mispriced. It's the yeah. only thing, like yeah. their cost, like they can't, the economics of the business don't work. Yeah. That would mean that's the only, you know, you know how easy it is to fix that? You change the fucking price tag. Yeah. That's how easy that is. It takes to fix. two seconds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to have the like guarantee the insurance, like you want success insurance, like what do I have to pay in order to mm-hmm. make sure that like I'm always covered? It's make the thing exceptional. Yeah. And that's the, the thing is, is that most undeniably fucking great is that most people don't understand how much actual effort it takes to make something exceptional. Like, I, you know, I look at some of the old presentations that I would make for my company and mm. I'm like embarrassed mm. at the thing is, I remember thinking when I looked at it, I was like, this is exceptional. Well, at the time, that was probably the best you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, the market's the one who makes that decision, not you. So I might have. And I think is I probably was listening. That's to where the fucking disconnect happens, yeah. bro. Because you think you think because yep. it's the best that you did yeah. that it's fucking great. Yeah. But in reality, the market says, no, nah, it's not as good as everybody else's shit. I heard some um, motivation. That's real shit, man. Dude, it's huge. Yeah. It's, um, I never thought about that until we just started talking about it. Like you, like you, because that's the best that you can fucking offer. You You assume it is the best. Yeah. Because it's your best. Yes. Man, fuck. That's some powerful shit. I heard this guy say this and I just like, it's, it's been like ingrained in my head so much so that whenever I don't want to do something, this is the actual phrase that comes to my head is that he says, he said two sayings that I love. One was that he's like, Boys are confident, men are certain. I just wanted to share that because I just love that saying. The other thing is he's like, it's not about doing your best, it's about doing what's required. And whenever I have a hard thing, like I'm like, I don't fucking make more videos for content or whatever, I don't want to do this podcast or whatever it is. Like literally my immediate thought that's like my subconscious is like, I will do what's required. Yeah. Like that's always my initial thought. And so right now, if the thing is, if the thing's not as good as you think it is, right? And people aren't coming back, mm. like you made have you might have given it your best, but you didn't do what was required. Mm, dude, I'm sitting here thinking because like I'm going through this phase right now. That's very helpful to me personally. Thank you for saying that because I'm going through this phase right now where I'm very financially comfortable, like forever. (laughs) It is what it is. Um, And like some of the shit that is required. Yeah. It's not really required. Right. Yeah. Fuck. That's some powerful shit. Cause now I'm like, fuck, dude, it is kind of required. And it's not required because of you, motherfucker. It's required because other motherfuckers depend on you. Yeah. That's the internal comp. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, cause, like, dude, my purpose is not me. My purpose is not me. It's these dudes, it's these people out here. 
it's yeah, it's these people listening. Yeah. Right. It's it's fucking man, that's some good shit. You're a smart dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I fucking love that. I love talking about business. I mean, I love talking about business because it's like, I think if you can see, if you can see the business world clearly, then it applies to every other aspect in life because um, like, I think entrepreneurship is the single greatest path for personal development because it's the fastest feedback loop. Like there are very few other situations where you don't have like, the market no, will just bro. slap you. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, dude, that's what I'm saying. You go around and talk to your friends about your good idea. They're all going to tell you it's fucking good. Yeah. Now launch the shit and now we'll find out if it's really good. See if or they not. get their credit card. Yeah, because people, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, dude. And, then, and, and the feedback, dude, that's so good because like it's so true. Like it's, it's such a, you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about people and the real, the reality behind people. Um, I actually believe that your paying customers are some of the most honest people that will give you the real shit. Like, Sometimes I just ask random customers like what they think about like how I'm doing or what yeah. this is that because I'm like, all right, well, this person feels strongly enough that they're willing to trade me my shit for their shit. Yeah. Like the minute that I don't do it, they're not going to do that anymore. Um, that's a hard thing for people to really process too, man, because you, like you said, the market will fucking punch you right in the face. They will tell you that thing that you spent two years on giving your absolute fucking yep. best. They will tell you in one day that it sucks yeah. and then you have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, and it's, there's no arguing with the market. Like, it's not like, oh, you guys sure are being not good. <laughs> no, but that's where people fuck their shit up. They get fucking so frustrated with the reality that they refuse to look at it. Instead, if you would just look at it and say, okay, well, this is what it says. Yeah. I'm going to make my adjustments. I'm going to go again, which is the whole game of business. The whole game of business is develop shit, put it out. Find out what's wrong. Okay, that's wrong. Fix it. Yeah. Put it out again. Find out what's wrong again. Dude, the defeat you get defeated a thousand fucking times before you get that fucking first victory. It's it's just the way it is. And you might get, and I'm talking about a victory. I'm not talking about I'm not, I'm talking about $46 million. I'm <laughs> not talking about you sold one thing to that guy that that one time. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a victory. I'm not talking about a fucking win in the war. Um it's just a, it's just the way it is. It's the way it fucking is, dude. And like people think it's glamorous. They think it's like all these wins and all this shit. And like, bro, it, it really isn't. It's you got to be built for the fucking game. And the game is get your balls kicked in every fucking day uh, and then figure out how to get them kicked in a little less the next day. And then maybe like move to the left a little bit so it doesn't get both of them. You know what I'm saying? Like you start figuring out all the little tricks like to, to not get the fucking kick. Right. So this is really interesting from a, from a topical perspective, because one of the things that's benefited me as an investor now, because that's yeah. technically my full-time job, yeah. um, is that you start to see business as assets and you become, your identity becomes divorced from them. And so like, I'm looking at businesses and like, if I, imagine I buy a business, now I own mm -hmm. 100% of it. Mm -hmm. If something happens, I'm not butthurt about it. Mm -hmm. The problem is that when you're starting out, your identity is wrapped into the business. And so when you get, feedback, you call it failure. And so then you think I'm a failure. And so it just, it's just like transitive property from like, yeah. you know, high school, whatever. It's like, it was like a personal attack. Yeah. Oh, this is your thing. Yeah. This is my thing. I spent all my, my limited skill set and all of my effort on the savings account. Yeah, yeah. But see, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. it doesn't matter that your skill set, your skill set is limited. It just is. That's what it is. You're, you're not there yet, bro. Like this is part of the process. You're going to, 
the skills are going to pay your bills, bro. That's the reality. And if we don't develop a skill set by being willing to be open to hearing the critical feedback, how do you ever get better? And this is why most people don't get better. Most people don't get better because they can't hear the truth. If you redefine the work you're doing, this is just something that's been helpful for me. If you redefine the work you're doing as the job title that it falls under, because in the beginning, when you're a small business owner, you are all the jobs, right? You wear all the hats. And that's a, that's a figurative term, but like, hear me out here. If you're not getting customers in the door, it might just mean like, you're like, oh, my marketing director sucks. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, right, right. but my dude, my customer success guy is amazing. That's also me. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you can start thinking in terms like, and I know this is like, I'm trying to go big business, small business, but like, if you start thinking about it in terms of like departments within your business, even though you are the head of all of the departments, then you can start disassociating because what's going to happen is if you are successful, if you keep listening to stuff, if you keep doing the stuff, you will gain enough success that you will actually have somebody who's going to fill that role for you. And then all of a sudden, if they fail, you wouldn't be as butthurt about it, right? But it's still your business. And even when you get into the CEO hat, right? Eventually, you, I mean, we hire CEOs for mm -hmm. you know, the companies yeah. that we own. Like, you're just the owner. Like, if Apple fucks up and you own stock of Apple, you're not like, oh my God, I suck. It's like, well, no, that product sucked or that messaging sucked. The story mm -hmm. wasn't there, whatever it is. And so if you, can, if you can start drawing the line and saying, these are the functions of a business. And I am not good at this function. The person who does this job is not good at this function. Maybe I need somebody who is good at that function. But then what happens is, in my opinion, for me at least, it's given me some buffer between the failure and me as a Bro, failure. Bro, I do the same shit. I do it a little differently. Yeah. So how I do this um, is when, still to this day, I do yeah. this. When I have to do, when I, I, I pretend that I work for Andy Frisella. Yeah. I pretend that when I show up here, yeah. Or wherever I go, I work for this dude, Andy, over there. Dick. Right there he is, right there in the picture, <laughs> right? And I'm just a dude that works for that dude. And so when, when I get feedback on the business, I'm like, okay, well, that, I got to fix that. I don't yeah. take it like, oh, this is an attack on me because yeah. I work for that, yeah. right? It's not that- You'll just let Andy know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say, hey, we're fixing this, bro. It's a weird thing, but I do that too. And especially yeah. when I have to make hard decisions, like when yeah. I have to make hard decisions. And most of the time, the hard decisions revolve around personnel totally. because you care about people and yeah. you give a fuck. Um, it's It's- I have to answer to this person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that person is not me, even though it is actually, me. you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Like it's such a weird thing. That's Different so weird. Hats, yeah. Right? Different dude, hats. dude, that, that's how I describe it. Yeah. I, I describe it. And you guys have heard me talk about this on the show. I come in, I fucking hang my, my, my hat yeah. of, uh, you know, being Andy. Yeah. Right. I hang that on the wall and I put on my work uniform that I work for Andy. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm walking around and make decisions uh, that, that, that I think he would want to make. Right. Yeah. It's so fucking weird that you do the same shit, dude. I feel like if you, if you, if you look at enough people who end up doing whatever you want to do, I think the, the, the things you have to do to get there are surprisingly similar. Yeah. And so people have different names for them. And if you see, listen to different podcasts or whatever it is, like wherever your sources of information are, look for the commonalities because like at the end of the day, all of that just came down to, for both of us, disassociating the work from the identity mm -hmm. and being yeah. able to step into the identity of the person who's required to do the job, whatever that job is. And to your point about personnel, because I think this is a, 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 one of the things that I struggled with really early on, was that my tolerance for mediocrity was very, <laughs> it was extremely high, very high tolerance for mediocrity yeah. uh, when I started out. Because what happens is like, like you, can write this, you can write this in your journal, like the best talent has yet to come. You don't even know the talent that is in the future of the people who are going to work for you. 
And you have to you have to be the leader that's worthy of that person because like right now you're one hire away from your entire business being transformed. Like if you look at like because we we can see this across the portfolio, we can see huge infle- uh, inf- inflection points in a business up or down based on key hires. So we put a key hire in, huge inflection point. There's very rarely a massive inflection point that happens without a key personnel change, hire or fire or promote. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that that tolerance, and this is again from the players, like in that little, we're, we're giving the, open the kimono of the players room of like how those people think is like, it's all about, <laughs> I'm about to say, it's all about the people it and is. your tolerance and your expectations of their performance. And you think you have high standards until you've met a player who's 10 times bigger than you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that level of performance was possible. Because I remember my first, my first $50,000 year employees, because all my trainers were like 30 or 20 right here. And I was like, whoa, I was like, this is the shit. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I had my first $70,000 year employee. I was like, all right, now we're talking. And then my first $100,000 and then $250,000 a year. Then my first million dollar year employee. And I was like, each time, and I'm, I can't wait to hire my first $10 million year employee. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know. I, they're out there. And we're going to find them. And you listen to Stephen Schwartzman, who's worth $36 billion, who started Blackstone. And he says the biggest regret he ever had was letting Larry Fink go. Larry Fink owns Black Rock. Black Rock. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, what, and he let him go, even though he called him an 11 out of 10 in terms of his skill set. And so like the only way, and if, if Steve Schwartzman, I'm just paraphrasing him, he's way richer than I am. If he had been the leader that he is today, when Larry Fink came to renegotiate that contract, he would have been the person that Larry Fink would have continued to work for. Correct. And so like, that's where the whole becoming aspect, because like very quickly, like your amount of time that you can do with your hands is tapped out. Like as long as you have some level of work ethic and you work all the hours a day, like there's not that many hours. So that you have to work through other people. And that's where the influence and the sales skill, now we're going like full circle in this, but like if you have that skill, the world unlocks to you because whatever problem you have, there's a person who can fucking solve it. I think there's a lesson there too, bro, for employees. Like yeah. in what you're talking about, like you're like, I think a lot of employees believe that if they, they still believe this old shit that their parents taught them, if you stick around long enough, eventually you move through and you mm-hmm. get a raise and you do this. Tenure. Listen, motherfucker, yeah. let me Tenure. tell you the whole thing. It's real simple. Learn some fucking skills, real simple, and then go execute them. Whatever your role is, whatever it is you do, however much money you're getting paid, it's about giving first, okay? Uh, yep, yep. So if you can, in your own time, I'm giving you the fucking exact hack. Like all you motherfuckers think there's a hack. This is the only hack, okay? This is it. Skills pay the fucking bills, all right? If you're making 30 fucking grand a year and you want to make 100 grand a year, you have to become skilled and offer value to make the company or whoever it is you work for say, fuck, that dude's worth 100 grand. I'm not letting him fucking go. And your job as an employee is to drive so much fucking value that you can literally extort your fucking boss. <laughs> you can walk into the office and yeah. you can say, hey, motherfucker, I'm leaving or you got to pay me. Yeah. And that's the fucking game. Like, that's the game. And if you can figure out, like you're, like I said, you're making 38 grand right now and you're like, fuck, dude, I'm getting underpaid and blah, blah, blah. You're not underpaid. You're fucking not underpaid. You are paid exactly what the fucking value that you're offered is. Now, if you think it should be 70 grand or you think it should be 700 grand, then you have to learn the skills of the $700,000 employee. And then after you learn the skills, you've got to prove that they actually produce in a real world environment. Then you go in and you say, fucking pay me. Mm. This is how the fuck it works. Okay. So many people, especially you young motherfuckers, have the wrong idea about how the fuck this works. You are not going to sit there. You will rot. You will yeah. rot your life away. You will not sit there and go from 
38 to 55 to 75 to 150 to your fucking dream life being here or there or anywhere. Just that's existing. Dude, and that's the fucking mentality that is, I think it comes from parents who try to instill the proper values into these kids, not because, because but they can't because they don't understand. They don't understand themselves because they never fucking did it. Right. So they're like, oh, stay loyal. Just keep showing up. Keep doing. No, that's that's good. That ain't good enough. What's good enough is I, I want to be here. What does the skill set of this person up here have? What is that? Surround yourself with people and learning and fuck, dude, we got fucking YouTube, dude. You can fucking look up how to change the O-rings on a fucking washing machine or you could spend it to look at, uh, you know, bullshit fucking People, oh, this this guy destroyed his his Lamborghini Urus, on right. dude. Or you could watch really fucking wealthy people teach you how to fucking have skills, and then then you could take those skills and you can go to your place of business and you can display those skills and be a fucking superstar. Like those are your choices. Like either watch the bullshit or watch shit that actually helps. It's free, dude. There's so much free game on the fucking internet. Like for somebody like me who yeah. started with no internet, no social. This is like a point of like super frustration because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, what the fuck is wrong with the with the generation from 30 to fucking 20 right now? You motherfuckers have all this free game in your fucking face all fucking day long. And you want to watch someone drop a fucking wrecking ball on a fucking Lamborghini. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then you want to complain that you don't get paid enough and you're underpaid. And this is, I'm underpaid. You're not underpaid. Where the fuck? That's the market. You're underskilled. <laughs> yeah. you, you, yeah. Dude, yeah, there you go. that's it, dude. Yeah, you're not that's underpaid. It. You're underskilled. And it's so, dude, It's it goes into the 99%. You yeah. don't want to see the reality because you don't want to fucking admit that it's the truth. Yeah. But the quicker that you can admit the truth, the faster you can be who it is you want to be. And that's the reality of success. Like, dude, it's very simple. It's just you have to accept what it is. And so many people want to look around and they want to say, oh, you know, they don't like me because I'm this or they don't want to do this because I'm that or these fuckers, they blah, blah, blah. And bro, this is a common thing on the internet. I see this on the internet all over the fucking place now. People, people jump from thing to thing to thing to other thing to overhear this thing. This, how the fuck can you learn any skills doing that? Real talk. How can you learn? You can't. You know, we have to have this understanding that to get paid, I've got to have the skill set. And it seems like people have gotten away from like even understanding that basic, basic reality, dude. Basic reality. Yeah. Are you good or are you great? Are you great or are you undeniable? Because I can tell you the only motherfuckers that get rich are the undeniable. Right. That's it. And you can get rich inside of a company or outside of a company. But it's, the, it's not good is, is not the standard. Great isn't even the standard. No motherfucker that owns a company is going to say, hey, you know what? That guy's great. I'm going to fucking pay them a million bucks to do this. They're, that's not what they're going to do. Right. They're going to fucking pay you a little bit more for being a little bit more extra than everybody else. But when you're undeniable, that's when you get to name your fucking price. That's when you get to say, no, dude, because you guys need this. And if, if you don't have this, it costs this much. And that's what it is. Like, to me, it's very fucking clear, and it's so rare that people can even understand this concept. Hey, can, I, can I put something out to you guys? Let, let, let's talk to that demographic of 20 to 30, right? Uh -huh. 
Because I feel like one could argue that part of that issue and what we just got done talking about is information overload. It's too much information out there. So, like, do you guys have any tips or advice for that demographic, right? Because, like, yeah, there's plenty of wealthy people out there or the gurus, the coaches. It, but is it information overload? How do you siphon through that? Like, who should they be listening to? How do you, how do you vet those people if you don't, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? So what, do you guys have some tips on that? Where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> Go I think ahead, it's, man. I mean, I think we're going to say the same yeah, thing. Anyway. I, don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's information overload. I think it's implementation underload. People don't Success do zombie shit. I'm going to consume, 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 never execute. Yeah. Hmm. Like, so this is an interesting one that, that might be worth for the audience. I remember reading many, many, many self-help books when I was like in my path before I quit my job. And I realized that after like the 10th book, I was like, my life's the same. Hmm. And so it shifted the way I saw things. I actually never consumed a piece of sales training until I'd, after I'd already built a massive sales team. Like mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, we should get some other training besides just me. Cause I was like, I'm sure other people have done like, right. that, but I was so like confident at that thing. And so like, if you want to learn a skill, read, okay, I'm going to say something that might be, sound a little contrarian. I don't think you should read books. I think you should do it and then read. Because if you read a book on sales and you've never done a sale, you will have no context from which to actually understand the information. It's just going to float around in your brain, but it won't have it won't have, like Matt. Think of it like ornaments on a Christmas tree. At right? least like, try it before you start reading. Right. You just yeah. need to have yeah, you absolutely have a, you for gotta, education. You have to have a point <laughs> of, reference. of reference. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise, you can't hang the knowledge on anything. Yeah. So you're just reading all these chapters. Oh yeah, I've got yeah. to build rapport. That's oh, a yeah. fair. That's a fair take. So I yeah. because every skill I've like, I think one of the things that's undervalued is one-on-one -on -one tutoring. So when I, so I've, I've done a lot of different things for, for learning like skills, but one of them, when I wanted to learn how to do uh, national retargeting for Facebook ads, this mm -hmm. is years ago. Um, this is me when I was still running them. I was like, where the fuck do I learn this? And so I got on the phone with an agency owner and he was like, I don't sell my time. And I was like, it's America. Everybody sells their time. And he was like, fine for seven fifty an hour. I was like, and this is, I did not have a lot of money at this point. Um, and so I showed up one hour, once a week, and I was like, deal is I have to use the mouse. I have to click and I'm going to do it. But you have to explain what you're thinking and why you'd make the adjustments. It only took me eight sessions with the guy to learn how to do the thing. It cost me six grand. That skill made me millions. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you do the thing, you'll have ref point of reference to hang the thing on. And I, I make this point because, and I'm, I'm a little bit extreme on it because everyone always has another reason to feel like they need to be more prepared. And they think that getting more, reading more information or watching more videos is going to make them more prepared. But you will learn more in your first 100 cold calls than you will from every single book you have read. I, I, li I like what you're saying, dude. And I think that's an important point. I actually agree with it. People are probably surprised that, that, that I would agree with that because I talk about reading so much because I've learned a shit ton from reading. Huge advocate of reading, yeah. just to be clear here. But the thing that you pointed out that I haven't communicated is that I was also doing while I was reading. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge deal. And not just no, reading. No, no. Yeah. But yeah. see, I took that for granted because I've been doing this thing since I was 19. Right. So right. I've always been doing it. You're in the game. Right. Yeah. And every, so that, that's a point, important, uh, important point of, of, of context for, for something that I never realized. Like a lot of people do kind of sit there and they're not doing at all. And they're just consuming, 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 right. consuming. Go and consume at the same time and you'll get exponentially better. There was a TED talk on this, but it takes... Well, that's a fucking great point. Yeah. Mutual. I love it. Yeah. There was a TED talk and the guy talked about how to learn most, to become proficient in most skills, it takes 20 hours. So like you want to learn the guitar, it's like the 80, 20, like 
you'll learn 80% of what you need to learn the guitar in the first 20 hours. Mm -hmm. The last, to be clear though, the mastery comes from the next 20. But for everyone who's intimidated by it, it takes 20 hours to learn to get proficient. When I wanted to learn to build a landing page, like a website, I put it off for four years. Like shit, I, would, I, you know, I hired IT guys. I got so frustrated one day. I was like, I'm going to fucking learn how to do this. And so I sat down on a Sunday. And it took me four hours to build a page. <laughs> and you spent four years fucking with not it. Not doing it. Yeah. And so it's like, I've, and the thing is, is like, we don't even fear failing. We, feel, we fear feeling stupid, at least for me. Yeah. I just was like, I don't want to feel like a fucking Or, or looking stupid. Or, yeah, look, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, feeling or looking stupid. And so like, if, for me, just knowing that, that stat, that I'm like, I'm 20 hours away from learning something. That made it way, not this like amorphous, like, how am I going to learn how to build? I was like, in 20 hours, I could look at a week and be like, here's four or five hour chunks. I'll learn it. Yeah. I'll become proficient. Yeah. And with YouTube, there literally are step-by-step -step tutorials. You didn't have to pay. I, I, nowadays, I could have just Googled how to retarget, blah, 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 blah. Like, I didn't have that. So I had to hire a guy to do it. But like, we could, you could Google it, just do it. And so um, there were two points I wanted to make when you were making the employee thing, not to go like, yeah, but you stay in poverty until you learn all the lessons that poverty has to teach you. And the first lesson of poverty is my fault. That's it. Like, it's my fault that I'm here. The second point that I wanted to make was with regards to employees leveling up. We talked about how like you want to network with people above you. You do all the work before the meeting. You do it as though it were a paid project that someone had hired you to do. If you start doing the job that you want while also doing the job that you're paid for, you'll, it, it will become inevitable that you will get that job because you're already doing it. And so if you front the work, if, 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 if somebody on Andy's team's like, dude, I think we should get on Snapchat. I don't know if you're on Snapchat, whatever. I'm just yeah. making this up, right? And it's like, dude, I already cut up the next 30 days worth of stuff. I already did this thing. I already did it. There's two things that'll happen. One, I can virtually guarantee you that he'd be like, if you can run it, run it. Either he will give you a, he'd be like, dude, because of the increase in responsibility, I'll give you the pay bump. Sure. But the smart ones, if you'd be like, no, I'm just here for the brand. Like you can, you can deny, like if you're smart, you'll deny the short-term pay bump and you'll gain the long-term goodwill because he will recognize you as a player. And I'm telling you, this is what the people in the room, like they see each other, like he's a winner. Yeah. Like I already know it. Yeah. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you move up. And that's, I love the word you said undeniable because like one of the other rules of poverty is that no one wants you to be rich. And no one's going to give you their riches. No, yeah, like no one wants you to be rich. Like you have to want to be rich and you have to make it. I mean, this is a Steve Martin thing where it's like, you have to be so good that they can't ignore you. That's like, it. And, and when someone can't ignore you, then everyone then acquiesces. They just comply. They're like, he's got, you have to gain leverage over other people because of how much better you are at the thing. And then when you have the leverage, you can do whatever you want. Dude, it's, it, it, by the way, I want to clarify. I love my fucking employees. These oh, guys yeah, get yeah. it here. Yeah. We, we, we promote from within. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, these guys get it. Um, so, I, but, but it, like, I'm talking about what I observe yeah. in general. And, uh, you know, what you said, dude, like it's it, uh, poverty. It's, there's very few people on earth, contrary to the social fucking environment that we live in, uh, and this is this is the dose of reality that a lot of people don't like to hear. There's very few people that aren't exactly where they deserve to fucking be. Mm, very fucking few. Very fucking few. Very few. Except if you look on the internet, everybody deserves to be better. 
Everybody deserves Nobody deserves this. to be where Listen, they are. Listen, bro, yeah, yeah. you deserve what the fuck you got. And because what you've done has produced what you have. Now, if you want something else, you're going to have to do the things that produce the other thing. And then that will become what you deserve. And so stop thinking of it that you deserve anything. Because the reality is there's nobody out there that thinks you deserve fucking anything except you. That's a big problem in the culture, dude. We can't fucking sit here and say, oh, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Look around you, dude. Look at the car you drive. Look at your bank account. Look at the person you're with. Look at where you live. Look at all this shit. That's what you fucking deserve because that's the actions. That's the result of the actions that you've taken to produce this. And the great thing is we live in this three-dimensional. Well, it's more than three-dimensional if we want to actually talk about it. (laughs) That's the other episode. Well, yeah. We talk about hope. That's a whole different thing. Um, We live in this multidimensional world that is a blank canvas for us to create in. And so, like, when you sit there and you say, I deserve better, but you're angry about what you have, now you've created a situation where you are not even capable of producing any better because you think you're getting fucked on what you actually deserve, which isn't even the truth. The truth is, it's inputs and fucking outputs. It's one plus one equals motherfucking two. And there's nothing that can change that. There's not an opinion. There's not a temper tantrum. There's not a social movement. There's not a fucking hashtag. There's nothing that can fucking change that. And if you want a different result, then you must acknowledge it is my decision and my fault as to why I'm here. And you could blame your fucking parents if you're young. You're, you could be 20 years old and listen to this and be like, well, I didn't have my... Listen, bro, you may not have had much opportunity yet, but take what I'm saying now and apply it because it may not apply to you at 20 years old because maybe you are the circumstances of an of a unhealthy environment. Maybe you were born into a shit situation. There's lots of people that were, a whole lot of people. In fact, most people, okay? But the reality and what separates people from staying there and people who escape that is not defining their identity as someone who's being screwed saying, I deserve better. You don't deserve better. You can create better, but you don't deserve it. And by the way, once you create it, you still don't deserve it. You're just producing a result from the actions that you take. Yeah. If you plant a fucking seed and you go out and water it, some shit's going to grow. It's that simple. And that's how we have to look at reality because that's actually how it works. There's very few people out there that have been born into such a shitty situation or have such shitty circumstances that they cannot move forward. I'll say this in America, maybe yeah. other places, yeah. but here in the United States. We have a scenario where we have a culture that feels entitled to literally every luxury on the fucking planet for breathing. And that is not how it works at all. And if you're going to live your life like that, if you're going to continue to go down the path of life thinking that because you're born, you're special, and you because you breathe, you deserve to have all these things that these other people have, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to be bitter and you're going to be frustrated. And guess what? You ain't going to have shit ever. That's how it works. So, you know, I, it, it's hard for me because I understood this from the beginning. Like when I, this was not something yeah. I had to learn. This was something I understood in the beginning. When I was 19 years old and I was broke as fuck and I spent my fucking only $12,000 that I had to start supplement superstores, which turned into fucking all kinds of different shit over the course of time, I did not expect anybody to fucking do anything for me. I expected that, okay, 
I expected to be rich in fucking a year because I was a stupid kid. Okay. But after that year went by and I wasn't rich, in fact, I still hadn't gotten paid. Here's how I looked at it. I said, well, I got a year into this. I don't want to throw away that year. All right. So I do another year, did another year, still didn't get fucking paid. All right. I looked at the same. Well, now I got two years in this. I know a little bit, still didn't get paid. I got paid after my third year. And I said, okay, well, I got three years in. I'm starting to get paid. I don't want to throw that away. So I just kept fucking going. And that's how I ended up here. And like, when I say we're going to do X and you guys think I'm full of shit, I already know it's going to happen because I know how it works. I know the game. I know this is fucking chess, not checkers. I know how to play fucking chess very fucking well at, at this point in time. You know how I learned to play chess, bro? By getting my ass kicked by other motherfuckers that play chess better than me. All right. And we go. And we keep going, we go and going. And like now I consider like, like, yes, there's days, of course, where I'm like, dude, fuck this. I don't want to do this shit. But you know what I say? Bro, you got 24 years in this. Why the fuck would you throw that away? You learned all this shit. You got all this opportunity. Now you have an opportunity to build something iconic. You built a successful company. Now you can build something iconic. Who has that opportunity? Not very many. Not very many people ever get to that. So like, I just continue to roll it over, roll it over, roll over. But to say I deserve it, because I've been doing it for 24 years is an absurd statement. It's fucking absurdity. I don't deserve shit. I deserve exactly what produces from the inputs that I put in. And that is fucking it. And like, dude, if the whole world, like if you guys could understand this right now and operate this way for the rest of your life, you're going to have a successful, fulfilling fucking life. But this idea of deserving because you breathe or earning because you put your time in, those are, those are, those do not compute in reality. Distortions. Yeah, they are. It's time in does not equal result. Skills equal result and applied skills equal result. Not actually, not even skills equal result. Applied skills equal result. I'm, I'm super pumped that you said all this stuff about deserving because it's, it's probably my least favorite word in the English language. And I love that you clarified the point at the end there, which is like, I've been doing this like, cause a lot of people like, they still like, you deserve, I was like, I did it. And they're like, well, you earned it. I'm like, nope. Like I did these activities and this is the outcome. And I used to tell that to people because I was like, I don't think I deserve to success. Yeah. Like I was like, and that's not like a mental limitation in terms of like, I've got sabotaging thoughts or limiting beliefs. It's like, no, like I don't think I does. I don't think anyone deserves success, but what you can do is you can still do the stuff that gets it. Yeah. And it's like, you don't deserve the super hot girl that you want. I was like, you can still do the stuff that gets her. Yeah. Right. And by the way, when you eliminate the idea of deserving it, it actually creates more gratitude for it. Yeah. Okay. So like when you, when you, when you, yeah. when you don't deserve the success yeah. and you realize you don't deserve it and you realize that it's a result of the, of what you did yeah. here. Right. Now, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well I did this. It created this. I definitely don't deserve it, but I'm very glad it's here. And it's easy to be grateful. Yeah. I want to talk about blame and power. Real yeah, quick. let's do it. So I said, First, the first lesson of poverty is two words, my fault, right? Now, I'm sure that there's, there's some people spinning their tops right now oh, yeah. on that idea. And I want to I I lean into this for a second because you may have suffered racial inequality. You may have suffered gender inequality. You may have been born in Bangladesh. You may have been born, you know what I mean? Like we can, you may have had your uncle rape you every single day as a child. That's fucked up. I'm not denying it. But where you place the blame is where the power goes. And so I had this realization when I was 19 years old, I was a very angry kid. Um, and I blamed my parents for who I was, where I was, et cetera. And I resented both of my parents at that time in my life, pretty hardcore, did not like them. 
And I had this realization that I was blaming them for my life. And then what that meant was, because I translated, because I had to hit my own ego on this, I was like, then that means that they're the ones who have power over me. These people that I don't, at the time, that I don't like. I'm giving them the power over me not being successful. And so wherever you point the finger of blame is where the power goes until eventually it points at your chest. That's when the first day of your like real life begins because mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? All these things happen. I had all of these things that were unequal or unfair or whatever you want to call it. The terrible uncle thing, horrible, comma. I'm still here. You're still there. Yeah. You're still here. And first rule entrepreneurship, use what you got. Right. And so if you can accept that it is your fault, it's an awful way of saying it's your responsibility because like if you blame the parent, you blame the uncle, you blame your race. And I know I'm going to get a lot of heat on that because I'm, because I'm a white guy. That's real, no, that's real yeah. shit. But the thing is, is that like, if you blame that, then it means that that's where you put the power. Yeah. And so it's like that a hundred percent, I acknowledge it a hundred percent may be true, comma, so what? So what now what? Man? You have no, yeah, you have no, now what? Okay. Look, dude, we you, all acknowledge it. Yeah. Now what? It's as simple as it gets, dude. And like, what are you going to do? Spend your whole fucking life telling that fucking sad story right. that, that honestly, all your friends and family are fucking tired of hearing anyway. Like they really are. Like yeah. I've been talking about my shoulder being fucked up for fucking two years now, 18 months. And it, it, it's a legitimate thing. I have my shoulder completely re- reconstructed. I fucking lost my entire physique. Yeah. I've been working my fucking ass off. Then I had thing after thing after thing happen to me in a row. And it's a fucking terrible shit story. But you know what? I'm not 350 pounds like I fucking used to be. Uh, I'm in pretty good fucking shape. And I consider that a massive test passed. What am I going to do now for the rest of time? Am I going to, so am I going to quit training and am I going to quit lifting? And I'm going to say, fuck. my shoulder. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, that's some weak ass shit, dude. Like, that's why I haven't even been talking about it on my fucking stories. Like, cause I'm like, God, I'm fucking tired. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and dude, the truth of the matter is too, Alex is like, all of you guys listening do you guys have these excuse? And yeah, the mountain's going to be big. It's going to yeah. fucking take some time to climb. But there's people who have like, not only like people, there's not like one or two people. There's fucking thousands, probably millions of people who have faced the same exact adversity, if not worse, that have become what it is that yeah. you were looking to become. So if they could fucking do that after going through all the same exact shit, even worse shit, then what the fuck are we talking about? That means it's possible. That means it's actually a very real thing. What one man can do, another can do. It's a real fucking thing. And the disadvantages that you have right now, if you think about yourself as the hero of your own story, right? What creates the strength of the hero? The obstacle, the monster. The bigger the monster, the bigger the hero, right? And so I remember in the early days, um, when I was, I was really going through it, um, I used to tell myself that this was going to be part of the story I would tell. And so like the, the many disadvantages that you have become advantages to the story that you have. Because sure, if you allow Alex, them to, yeah. white guy yeah. born to well-off dad, you know what I mean? He's a doctor, you know? Yeah. Cool. That was my life. And I, ha- so here's a story I will never be able to tell. I'll never be able to say that I was a black man born in Africa who made it all the like I can't who who got who was you know an, an orphan and right. had been raped and some and kid I can never tell that story, but there is a guy who can, and so like if you have those disadvantages to you, 
you become, you can become the hero of that story and you become a bigger hero than I am or Andy could be because of the things that you were, that you had the opportunity to overcome. And so like that becomes the part of the story that you can tell. And those becomes the monsters that you slay and also pave the path for everybody behind you who doesn't think it's possible. That's the key. The key is that last part. Why not work to be the example of the person who overcomes the shit yeah. so that other people who are in your scenario will see you as a guide through the fucking forest of how to get from where you are to where you want to be? Like, bro, what's more noble than that? I, do, I just, I, I don't think, I don't think there's much more noble than that. Like by yeah. creating a life that guides other people out of their fucking shit into the life that they want to live through your own story, not your made up shit, not the fucking fake. I'm standing in front of my fucking hurricane and this is my story bullshit. I'm talking about your real fucking story, your real shit. Dave Stewart here in St. Louis, yeah. black man. You know, you know who Dave Stewart is? Mm -mm. Grew up, grew, black, black, black man, man yeah. grew up, one, probably the richest dude in this in this city. He's, he, I mean, I would say in the Midwest for sure. Dude grew up in, up in fucking North St. Louis and Ferguson, one of the fucking shittiest parts of the entire... You all know Ferguson. You all heard of it before because mm. we've had fucking riots here. Um, what, great area, actually. Great people in that area. But it has been known to be a very rough area historically, and it mm. was a rough area for that man. During that time. And right. this dude has come through. Now he, he's, he's a little bit older now. But he, he's built worldwide technologies. He's overcome all kinds of shit. And this dude has, with his life experience, painted a real fucking path for other black men who come from those neighborhoods to believe that they can actually do similar things. What is more noble than that? What the fuck is more noble than that? And, and he's also paid at the same time. Like uh, he's fucking, he's he's fucking loaded. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, <laughs> no, I think he's the wealthiest student in St. Louis. Yeah, he, he, by mean, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, dude, like your your obstacles and your overcoming is the nobility. Like there is no nobility in victimhood, bro. There's a tension in victimhood. There's fucking mm -hmm. shares in victimhood. There's fucking fake comments in victimhood. Let me that's only online. That's not bro, even the real world. Let me world. tell you something, dude. <laughs> like when you start telling that sad ass story on Instagram, dude, and you get those likes and those comments, those aren't the likes and comments of, that you actually want. In fact, most of those people probably wish you shut the fuck up. I'm being real because I know I do. Yeah. When I see you motherfuckers bitch on there over and 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 over about the same fucking shit over and over and over and over and over. Like I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. What you do about it? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and I'm not the, I'm just the one telling you that. Like, everybody else thinks it. You know, you guys are all like, oh, Andy says what everybody's thinking. Well, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that's what the fuck people think. And then they think when you, like, want to hang out and you want to fuck, they're like, I'm not fucking hanging out with that person. That person's a drag. They suck the energy right out of me. Like, dude, there's no nobility in that. There's no nobility staying a victim. There's no nobility in, in me telling a story of how I got stabbed uh, fucking 20 years ago, which actually is coming up 20 years mm -hmm. this year, uh, and talking about how it ruined my life for 20 fucking years. I could have chosen and said, oh, dude, uh, you know, this dude fucking stabbed me and this shit happened, and, and I could say it fucked up my life. It gave me uh, PTSD, gave me concussion syndrome, which it fucking did. I got white lesions all over my fucking brain because of it. I got to live with that shit my whole life. Okay, I can fucking tell that story and everybody, every single person would be justified. He'd be like, fuck, that's some fucked up shit. Right. But what the fuck else would it do? It, it, I'd be the person I'd be the old man now 
who doesn't have shit, who doesn't have fucking anything, who's not out here, you know, hopefully, you know, some of you guys have been inspired by me. I'm not doing that shit because I, I believe my own story and I stay in that spot. You can't stay in that spot, dude. It's a bad fucking spot to be. And there's no nobility in it. The only nobility come, and there's no nobility in fucking pacifying it either. The nobility comes in overcoming. The nobility comes in creating such, it's what you said. Success is the only revenge. It's not the ultimate revenge. It's the only fucking revenge. The, the path that you're on, that you're trying to create, you getting to that point where it's undeniable that you have achieved that to where every single human being that has ever fucked with you whatsoever, that, that, that thought, there's no way, it's not going to happen. There's no way they're going to do that, which by the way, I've been told all of it my whole fucking life. I don't have to say a motherfucking word anymore. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to talk shit. I don't have to say, hey, watch what I do, or this is day one, or wait until you see me. Motherfuckers just know. They know, okay? And because they know, and because that story is undeniable, other people that come from the same fucking hood I came from over here in South St. Louis, those people look at that and they say, fuck, dude, if that dude did it, I can fucking do it. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the journey we're on, dude, because stories are passed down generationally. They're not, it's not just about us. It's not just about what's going on today. It's not just about your Instagram following. It's about what fucking life are you actually living and what message does that life send and how does it actually affect the people coming behind you? Because, dude, to me, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than, than you and uh, a little bit older than probably a lot of you guys listening. Like, that's all I really think about anymore. Like, I don't think about, like, what can I get? What can I do? What can I, I think about, like, all right, fuck, dude. How can I make this so great that people fucking are inspired by it? Not, not in a little way, but in a massive way. How can it change people's lives by just living that story? And, like, dude, you guys all, every single human being listening to this right now, has that opportunity, bro. You have a blank canvas. You have a blank canvas in front of your fucking face that you get to create with. And a lot of you motherfuckers are ruining it because you're sitting there saying, I deserve better. Well, then do better. It's that simple. You can spend the same energy justifying your victimhood as justifying your success. Yeah, man. You ain't right. You ain't wrong about that. Or any of the other shit you said today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Anyway, dude, we're going on three hours, yeah. man. This is like a record for us. Uh, any closing thoughts, man? I really appreciate you making the time to come out and be on the oh. show, dude. Yeah. I was look. I was t I was texting uh, Andy like a little kid. I was like, 14 days yeah. left." Like, <laughs> well, I, I was I, I was I was reciprocating those texts because I was just excited. In fact, I told DJ that today. I said, "Dude, I I'm excited to do this show with Alex because I truly believe, bro." Um, out of all the people I've come across that you have one of the best entrepreneur brains going out there. And, uh, you know, that I, I, I mean that shit. Like it's, and it's very obvious. Like it's from an operator to an operator, right? Like, like there's guys that, that have put out content. You're like, yeah, that's true. That's good stuff. Like that's good. Then there's guys and there's people that put out content that most people are like, what the fuck does that mean? And then you can only really understand it if you're actually operating. And uh, you're one of those guys, man. I appreciate everything you do and all the content you put out. And uh, I, I think it's what you've done is fucking amazing. And it's cool as fuck to like be your friend and like just hear all this shit, dude. Because like it's very, it's very parallel to my journey. Like very, very, very parallel. It's fucking cool, dude. Well, I'm incredibly honored to be here. I was looking forward to it a ton. Um, I mean, you're, you're an inspiration in terms of what you have built. Like, you will build the iconic company because you won't stop. 
<laughs> I don't know and, how to do nothing else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, for the audience, on a long enough time horizon, if you gain the repetitions, you can't. So I'm going to redefine success real quick. So if you think about any worthwhile endeavor, they're actually not finite games, they're infinite games. And so a finite game, and Simon Sinek popularized this a little bit, but he, I'll just recap it real quick. A finite game is where you have known players, agreed upon rules, and agreed upon way of winning. An infinite game is a game where there are known and unknown players, there are no rules, and the only point of the game is to keep the game going. And so where people fail is that they apply a finite construct to an infinite game. So like, the U.S. lost in Vietnam because Vietnam was just trying to stay alive. That was all they were trying to do. They weren't trying to win. They, they were weren't to going to stop trying right. to stay alive. Exactly. Yeah. And so we tried to have a finite outcome to an infinite game. That's why we lost. And so people try, like most games worth playing, you can't win. You can only play. So marriage, for example, you're not going to win marriage. You, the point of the marriage is to keep the marriage going. At health, you don't win health. The point of getting healthy, being in shape is to stay in shape. And you don't win at business. The point is to stay in business and to stay in the game and to keep playing. And I think when I redefine that, all of a sudden I realized that by being in the arena, I was a success. And so I was able to enjoy the fact that by that definition of success, I was winning. And so I think if, if we are able to, and anyone who's listening is able to remove the expectation of some finite outcome that's going to happen, because I promise you, all of us here in this room have achieved some goal and then we just move the goalpost, right? And it's more just a game you play with yourself. Just like you, when you're on the cardio machine and you're like, okay, 30 minutes is three tens. And you're like, okay, it's five sixes. Or, you, know, yeah. like, you play the game. But the thing is, is like with, with all of the games that are worth playing, they, the fact that you can play them is what makes them worth the effort. And so I think that if you, if, if you can redefine that, then it means you can't lose. And if you have a fear of failure, making your games, infinite games, guarantees victory i love that dude it's fucking true too i spent the first 18 years being in business not realizing that i could have enjoyed that entire process <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah because because i lack that perspective that yeah. you just said i could have enjoyed that entire process because yeah. i'm still going to get there can i throw something else in real quick yeah so um old person said this what you don't realize when you're young is it, it's always the good old days. Yeah. That like, for some reason that like hit me. Cause I was like, I think, you know, I, I talk about the time when I was sleeping on the gym floor. And at that point I was like, this does not feel like the good old days. No. But when I was a little more successful, I was like, man, I remember when I was sleeping on the floor, when I had like six gyms before yeah. I lost it all again. Yeah. Right. And then going through all the shit that happened that you heard, you know, in the beginning of this podcast, like, I was like, man, this is horrible. I can't breathe. Yeah. Right. But then like, I look back on that. I'm like, man, those are the good old days. Like I was yeah. forging me, yeah. you know, at that time. Yeah. And so it's, trying to put on my hat of saying like, right now I'm in the good old days yeah. of future me. Yeah. And that's been like a really helpful frame in terms of thinking like how to enjoy it a little bit more. And the other way I've tried to think through this, I'm going to give you a couple things yeah. that help, help yeah. the audience um, or help me a lot, but I'm a, I'm, I struggle with gratitude. I'm not, I'm not good at it. Yeah. And so I've had to come up with these things. And I, so I, I, I have to focus on it too. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was um, whatever we're doing right now, Many times, it might be the last time you do it. Like, I, I, my last sleepover, I think I was 11 years old or something with a friend. If I had known that that was the last sleepover I was ever going to have, probably would have appreciated it more. But there's a lot of lasts that we do before we die. We think that when we die, like, that's it. But like, 
the last time you might go to Europe and like backpack might be in your 20s. Yeah. And like, I'm never going to backpack in Europe. Like I accepted that. I was like, it's never going to happen. I'm just yeah. at a point of like, I'm, it's not going to happen. And so I was yeah. like, wow, I missed that. Like that's, it's never going to happen. And if you're in that, whatever your phase is, there's these things that will be your lasts. And if you can appreciate them for that, they just taste a little bit sweeter. And the last frame that's helped me out is I call it the grandfather frame. But try this out one time. Even like if you're driving or you're working out right now, imagine you're your 85-year-old self, like you're really old, and that you woke up today in your body as it currently is. It's a weird, it's a, like it's, it's kind of trippy to think about it. But like if you're 85 years old and I'm actually here, like I zoomed into this moment, dude. This is fucking at, awesome. No, I'd be like, Andy's so young. Yeah. Because I remember, because I'm 85. Yeah. And I know what you look like when you're 85. It's like, dude, man, my knees don't hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, my, my shoulders don't hurt. Right. And I look at Layla. I'm like, oh, I remember when we were this young. Yeah. Right. Man, we were just getting, you know, we were just yeah. building acquisition. We we're just in our first or second year. Like, this is so cool. Like, and all of a sudden, my morning coffee becomes this reliving of a moment that I have when I'm 85 years old. And it's just been something that's like, I try and practice these things because I think they're like muscles. Like, you just yeah, no. you try and keep remembering those frames. And so, like, I think that if you can practice those while you're in the game and in the arena, it makes it a little sweeter, even the very painful losses. Well, I love that, dude. That's, that's an awesome perspective. I, that's a, I've never even thought about it like that. I struggle with that shit, too. I think when you're ambitious, bro, it's, it's hard. To, yeah. it's, it, you struggle with gratitude. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to be satisfied when you want more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, brother, thank you so much for sharing everything today. It's awesome to have you on the show. Uh, I'd love to have you back sometime for sure. I'm, I know we'll do that. Um, guys, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Alex, where can they follow you? Where are you doing most of your stuff? Uh, the deepest stuff is the podcast. Yeah. So the game, um, just type in my name, Alex Ramosi, the game, yeah. um, wherever you listen, that's the one. I have a YouTube channel that I'm pretty active on. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot, a lot of my, like my longest stuff is YouTube and podcasts. Um, but if you just want to like check out some of the short stuff, yeah. uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm super active on Twitter. Yeah. Me personally, like yeah, yeah. I tweet all the time. Yeah. Um, just because I think I'm fancy and I write words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you're on Twitter, which no word, one is. Word, word, words are fancy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm on most of the major platforms. But if you like the longer, deeper stuff, uh, YouTube and podcasts are the place to go. And I have uh, the, the $100 million offers book, which right now I think has 12,000 five stars on uh, Amazon. So that's awesome. It's 99 cents. So that's not like, and Amazon keeps 66 of it. That's not my, yeah. you know, my, my get rich on there. But like, hopefully it'll, it'll help. It's helped a lot of people make more money with their business. Well, guys, if you're unfamiliar with Alex, you are now a little bit more familiar. And I believe 100% that you'll find value in, in the things that he does. Uh, bro, again, thank you so much for making the trip out. Uh, guys, that's the show. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Uh, please pay the fee on this one. I know that you definitely got value on this. If you didn't, you're full of shit. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so please pay the fee. Let's share this out there. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. On the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed. Close.